Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Mons Jakobsson-Hosk with me. Welcome to my pod. Thank you so much, Jasna. Mons is the co-founder of design agency Kurpa Hosk, using design as a driver for sustainable growth and working for clients such as Armani and Pinterest and Gucci, H&M and SEB Bank. When companies knock on your door, what is it actually that they need the most? Typically, companies or brands find themselves in a situation when they somewhat or somehow need to change. They need some kind of transformation. And we help them to define that change and also to articulate that change through design. So that could be design in terms of what we call business design, uh, defining new value propositions or new business models. And also, secondly, brand design, and that would be um, visual identities or brand identities and naming and so forth, um, deriving from this very often from this business design. And thirdly, what we call um, uh, experience design, which would be uh, development of new product, di- digital products and services or other even physical design experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, also, I mean, most commonly we do all three of those uh, to some extent, business design, brand design and, and experience design. And that, that is, I think, when we're at our best and deliver most value to our clients and to their end customers. Mm. And uh, how do you feel that you create uh, the good impact via your clients? Mm. What we can contribute um, with is to strengthen relationships between these companies or brands and their clients and customers or users or or people. Design is a very potent way of uh, conveying value, um, business value. And it's kind of the interface uh, between business and people, really. So if we really get to understand uh, the brands and companies we work with and, and what motivations and driving forces and values they have, we translate that into design, which is a very effective way of, of uh, again, creating bonds with, I mean, people internally or externally or, or customers or users. You need to use design as a way of thinking, as a methodology to, um, and that would be um, using design as uh, an agile and iterative methodology to really get under the skin of brands or companies, not only um, using you know data and uh, and rational thinking or linear thinking, but rather also bringing in um, more irrational dimensions of uh, aesthetics again and arts and psychology and philosophy to the process. So. I think maybe design compared to other ways of working with businesses or brands is about combining kind of the left and right um, uh, halves of the brain to let some intuition and and, um, emotion into the process. And if you do that, I think you come closer to the core of brands and businesses, Uh, not just asking for the obvious, but getting, again, under the skin of companies and and business leaders. And if you do that, you get get better prerequisites for for conveying these brands, also visually, but but, Mm. but, uh, also in terms of new products and services and new Mm. things that convey the brand. You can definitely not neglect uh, the visual dimension of design. Uh, you, as people or as humans, we of course engage more with things that we perceive as beautiful than, than not beautiful. But as always, beauty is in, in the eye of the beholder. So it's uh, super important that we understand our uh, customers or, or our clients 
to um, translate what they stand for to beauty that is uh, relevant for them. Mm. But design has that great uh, capacity of doing so. I'm just curious about Armani. Mm. What did you do for them and how did it work out and, mm. and how are they as a company mm. to work with? Mm. I think uh, Armani poses a, a good example of um, what design is about uh, at its core, both again from a kind of functional perspective and from a visual or, or um, yeah, visual or, or beauty perspective. So they came to us because they had some problems in engaging with new uh, audiences online. Armani, after all, is quite a traditional fashion company. I mean, it's Italian; mm -hmm. it stands for all the all the good things about Italian fashion, but. Again, they had some problems uh, engaging with the new target groups in social media and so forth. So they came to us with an idea about building a product that could f kind of facilitate conversations online with new target groups um, and with uh, millennials. Uh, so what we built for them uh, was a online magazine built actually on the Spotify platform. Uh, so it's an online or, or, or fashion slash uh, pop culture magazine in an app format where we each week present new playlists and new um, content about pop bands or arts or um, uh, whatever m might be interesting to this target group. So that's a totally new way for them to engage with, with people. I mean, in, in their world, uh, physical spaces are, of course, uh, cru still crucial. Uh, their retail environments and their own hotels and so forth. But this is, this is a very successful initiative when it comes to conveying what, what they stand for also in, in, in the digital in, in, in a digital mm. context mm -hmm. so yeah do, do you know if they have any you know ambitions in terms of becoming uh, more of a you know good impact company and in what way do they do that to be quite honest i i you don't hear a lot of that from them and we work with uh, both with armani and gucci and and um, i think um, in comparison, uh, when we work, for instance, with H&M, I mean, it's a huge difference. Sustainability issues, um, uh, such as, of course, climate change and and um, quality comes, I mean, it's, it's what they prioritize at H&M. It comes very high up on the agenda, but you don't hear a lot of that, to be quite honest, from, from the Italian companies. Mm. One of the reasons they turn to a Swedish design agency is that we kind of stand for something new. And that's what we kind of hear from, from mm. most of our international clients. We stand for all of these things that they need to ingrain <laughs> in their in their brands and, and, and co corporate cultures. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's another kind of evidence for for what we have achieved as Swedes uh, in the world. So I have to talk to them, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really need to. You really when I'm in to. Milan. <laughs> yeah, when in Milan. Yeah. 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 No, because they have a good um, opportunity yeah, they that have. they don't take, I, yeah. I think. They have, I mean, huge impact. I think that, mm. I hope I have the, have the right numbers, but I think that Armani alone has 50,000 uh, retail outlets or, or, I mean, doors, as they call it, where this, they sell their products. So, I mean, just imagine the impact they, they could have in terms of um, yeah, mm. uh, sustainability. Or even cooperating with other companies yeah, doing that. of course. On your website, you say something about facilitating change through business artistry. Mm. What does that mean? Business artistry is our way of conveying this um, combination of the importance of business thinking or logical thinking. Uh, I mean, data-driven thinking and, and uh, rational and, and linear thinking 
with the, what we call nonlinear thinking or ir- more, the more ir- irrational or emotional dimensions of, of, of the world or of the human experience. So we really think that uh, the magic kind of happens in between the rational and irrational, uh, and that would be um, represented by business artistry. So the magic happens kind of in between business and artistry. So we, we put a lot of inf- effort into understanding both those dimensions and can also be represented, of course, mm-hmm. by uh, the, the left, and, left and right uh, halves of the brain. And mm. But, you know, you really need to bring in more of, I think, in the business community today uh, of emotions and, and I mean deeper human experiences not only relying on, on data and, and, and you know R&D but also understanding what, what our driving forces are as humans on a much deeper level and I think that combination is uh, very important for companies and, and most of the business leaders or, or, or leading businesses today seem to have understood that. How do you go about find you know clients that you have that you share values with mm. because if you do that then everything yeah. is from my experience much easier yeah. how do you know or does it happen sometimes that you say no i mm. don't want this project mm. because we don't feel that you are making the right priorities mm. Mm. Um, quite often actually i mean now we're in a position we've been around for nine years as a company or uh, almost nine years and i mean in the very beginning you you seem to do pretty much everything that 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 clients uh, or uh, ask you to do or or you you go with the clients that, that want to go with you. But uh, now we're in actually in a position where we have the great benefit of being able to say no. Um, and I, th- I, I mean, we do that quite oftenly. And sometimes you very intuitively feel that you're not going to be able to deliver value or deliver change for a client that, that approach you. But sometimes we have quite in, in-depth uh, conversations with clients where, where we feel we need to align expectations or we need to align values in order to have a, um, a good good mm. collaboration. Uh, so, so that kind of, I mean, it's, mm. it's very often that we, that, that we have those conversations to, to try to understand our clients and for them to really understand what they're going to get from us. Because mm. I think yeah, some clients have a, have an idea about what it's going to be working with us, but uh, uh, when, when you dig a bit deeper, they don't understand, you know, the, what they need to deliver, what they need to um, mm. do to get what they want. Mm. Yeah. And if we go back to yourself, it's always interesting to ask about, you know, what's driving people and so on. And in, in your case, what, what is your passion? Mm. I don't have this... Uh, this very, very, very high purpose. It's rather mundane. I mean, I'm, my, my passions would be, I mean, if we're talking about passion, the, the good old way, my passions would be first and foremost, my family. I, I have two small sons, two and five, that I you know, I, I want to spend time with. Uh, and I have a wife that I love very much. So family is super important to me, you know, to, to be as present as possible with them. Secondly, it's, it's definitely building my business together with my, uh, my co-founder, co-founding partner, Thomas Kurpa and, and the rest of the team. Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's very purposeful. It's very um, self-fulfilling to build this business that we've done uh, for nine years together with our clients. And, and now, again, being in a, in, a, in a position where we get to work with the fantastic business leaders, international business leaders and brands. And thirdly, it would be... Um, uh, I mean, running. I, I, I'm a very avid runner. I started running uh, as, many, <laughs> as many of us uh, when I got close to 40. Uh, so I, I run a lot and I, uh, and I try to 
keep up with it and run four or five times a week and you know uh, eat good i'm, I'm a vegetarian and, and so that would be a passion but so so that those things are pretty mundane but i actually listened to Johan rockstrom's uh, uh, corporate unplugged podcast the other day and mm. his definition of, of, of his purpose was that you know he, he want to see again quite mundane he want to see a world where, where, when the people he loves you know his loved ones and his family and and, and his friends could thrive and, and you know, uh, be in nature and not being afraid of climate changes. I mean, he, he seemed to have a very deep relationship with the with the nature. And, and that what it comes down to end of day for him. You know, he, he wants this uh, this world to be a good world to live in and uh, nature to, be, to, to still be nature. And that goes for me too. But what would you say are the turning points in your life that have kind of influenced you the most? It's, of course, a series of events. Uh, it's quite hard to point out... Uh, I'm a single things, uh, serendipitous, but uh, one thing that I know has uh, has affected quite many of my choices, uh, both personally and, and professionally, is that my mother, when she was quite old, she was, uh, I mean, uh, turning 50, I think, or 45, 50, she turned from being a, a, actually a designer, but designing clothes, to become a professional politician. So this was in the mid-80s, where, where actually the, um, the environmental uh, debate uh, became even more important um, and, and um, politicized. So she she was a professional politician for uh, for Centre Partiet who, who who drove very m- many sustainable sustainability uh, issues. Had a very strong sustainability agenda. So and and her husband at the time he, he happened to be a copywriter <laughs> and working within advertising and he did all the advertising campaigns ah. for for the center party back in the 80s or yeah uh, at least for some elections uh, in the 80s so i think those two things um, affected me very deeply being very engaged in societal issues and political issues and envir- environmental issues uh, but also combining that actually with communication so so i'm i'm um, by training a copywriter <laughs> but not working so much with that in particular but so that's a big mm. thing for me part of my Kind of education, having those uh, mm-hmm. debates at the dinner table every night when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I, I know had affected me quite deeply was uh, I spent six months in Paris. It must have been ten years ago, and then I really had time, you know, to to learn more more about the, the arts, the fine arts, and and the culture, and had all the time, more or less all the time in the world to you know visit the, the Louvre and the, all the cultural in- institutions in Paris and just you know walked around in this beautiful city and uh, experienced I mean all, all, all the greatness that city has to offer. So that gave me a much deeper emotional understanding of arts, not not only you know things that I, I have read through the years, but experienced that in, in, in to a large extent. And, and in terms of um business and companies what long-term solutions do you believe in the most i think uh, we've been discussing this uh, thesis of business artistry that um, ingrains everything we do at kurpa hosk so what i think is that the business leaders of today really need to uh, engage more deeply with the uh, the right side of their brains they need to acknowledge and recognize that um, Business is just as much about, of course, creativity and, and uh, connecting with your emotions uh, as with, you know, data and, and organizational charts and the rational decision making. Mm. 
and I think if the business leaders uh, of today uh, understands that, they also have a much better prerequisites for actually achieving change or, or you know, transforming their businesses, what, which is what everybody's, you know, lo looking for <laughs> right mm -hmm. now to, yeah, recognize that business is both rational and very irrational and to have the courage to acknowledge that. If um, being serious about this as a business leader, it affects it more or less affects everything in the business. You know, it affects decision making, not only relying on hard data, but also on what people actually think, asking users and, and employees and customers and even shareholders and investors what they actually not only think, but what they actually also feel, <laughs> feel about a brand or, 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 a, uh, or a company. So uh, if you have the courage uh, or if you rely on that people are people not only in a very rational sense but also make decisions that we spoke about on a very emotional basis, that affects your decision making and, and the priorities you make as a company. And it also make, I think, from my experience, not only from Cooper Host but the companies we work with, it also affects uh, the well-being at the company, I mean, uh, amongst the, the employees to be a... Um, business leader that uh, that not only you know uh, has this ability to, to make the rational priorities but also understands people to a deeper extent and to be able to do that you need to uh, i think uh, have this perspective mm. yeah it's so true what if um, you would assume that you have uh, all doors open and all resources available what would you innovate or change then? <laughs> I would actually get the current president in the United States out of the White House with friendly means. I actually think he's the, he's the most important man the world has seen since the 1930s. I think it's a very dangerous situation we have right now with him in the White mm. House. Mm. I think that would make a very positive change on the world. Uh, of course, considering what the, the alternative would be. <laughs> but Exactly, uh, that we don't know. No, that we don't know. But, but no. I, I agree. And if you would imagine that you could speak to all uh, leaders and just, you know, give one piece of advice uh, from your perspective, what would it be? To read more, not only business literature or, or you know, biographies uh, or, or over great, great entrepreneurs, but go back to the kind of the old masters of, of literature, dig deep into arts, uh, you know, visit more uh, art exhibitions, not, not only trade fairs and, you know, go to the opera, go to, you know, the theater, try to reconnect uh, with, with their you know emotional sides and that's good for you I mean in general as a, as a person as a human being but it's also good for business you know to engage much deeper with your emotional self so read more books I mean watch more uh, emotional uh, movies and and uh, listen to beautiful music and try to develop that side of yourself I think we're so prone to technology and data and, and, and we somewhat tend to forget the, all the beauty of the world. Mm. Yeah, I remember a situation where um, I was giving a piece of advice to a person and I said, just be yourself. Mm. And then he said, but I don't know what that is. Mm. <laughs> and, that, and that kind of scared yeah, yeah. him. That's one of the points with art, you know, culture. It, it, it mirror, you get to mirror yourself in all this, this beauty that, uh, that, you know, artists or whoever it is has, has created. Mm. It uh, teaches a lot about your, yourself, you know, to reflect yourself in, in this uh, kind mm. of articulated emotions that uh, arts and, and culture is. Mm. 
So I think, uh, from a, again, from a business perspective, it's good, mm. not only for you as a person, but this is a very good advice for me too, because I, I spend two, <laughs> two <laughs> a few hours on, or you know, art exhibitions and and, uh, and listen to music myself. So so this goes for me too. <laughs> Typical for people who have their own companies, yeah, absorbed yeah. by it, and that's yeah. how it is. But if you were to give advice to yourself, then let's say 15 years ago, what, what would that be? It would actually be to. I say I think say no to 80% of of you know all the opportunities I, I I've been given in order to really prioritize uh, the, the the remaining 20% because I, I think now looking back if I had done that I would have had so much more time to develop what has uh, proven to be I mean really important and valuable for me as a person and and, and for my company so uh, looking back 15 years I I I would have have told myself to say no to a very high extent to you know opportunities and people and and yeah to to get more time to what what is really important and at the same time that was maybe part of the process yeah. to understand <laughs> what is yeah, important yeah, yeah. right so it's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So, whatever yeah, yeah. maybe you're right <laughs> maybe i wouldn't have, have you know learned so much as i uh, have or or you know being the person you are or wh whoever are by by saying no but uh, i think that's important at least nowadays you're, you're exposed to so much information and so much you know opportunities and uh, so i think it's important to learn to say no and to uh, wait for that really you know uh, important stuff to happen or getting exposed for the for the the really important uh, opportunities or, or people mm. but it, it's actually a question for everyone i guess that how do you stay on on let's say on top of things make sure that whatever you do is also staying relevant and and i mean it mm. is it is today much more difficult mm. than than uh, any other yeah, it is. time i think i think that's also a very good reason to kind of go go back to what is truly you know to the true human experiences uh, i'm not really sure that uh, much of what we see today in terms of you know social media and and all the content we're exposed uh, for in social medias and, and elsewhere is part of the true human experience i, I think we're going to see a, a washout of you know all the crap we see on i mean social media and so forth that that's not important in a true sense mm. So I think that's a, another good reason to, to reconnect to really qualitative uh, arts and, you know, uh, music and literature and, and whatever it might be mm. that ha has sustained over time. Mm. What do you think, like in um, just a couple of years from now, how will, how will social media have changed as an instrument for us or has or maybe changed us? Mm. Very good question, and it's a very big question, of course. I think um, what you see, and, and I mean, only going back to yourself, how you how you consume information. I mean, myself, I, I tend to consume information on a very you know horizontal way. I mean, it, it's almost kind of painful every time you open a, a real book, you know, a thick, you know, really juicy book, because you're so used to just, you know, browsing information on a horizontal level. And I, I know there's a couple of studies actually pointing out that that's how we tend to facilitate information today in general. And that's a very, of course, dangerous, uh, dangerous development. Uh, so, but I mean, I, I still kind of put hope to myself and to humanity that we end of day are going to long for what is those universal human qualities. And those uh, universal human qualities would be spelled 
really good, you know, stories, really, you know, emotional uh, and, and relevant, uh, yeah, whatever it might be, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe we will see a um, backlash in a couple of years when, when people want to go back to what, what feels really real. And you can already mm -hmm. see that in in many dimensions of, you know, corporate life and, and people, I mean, people get tired of social media already now and, mm -hmm. you know, turns off. Uh, and so maybe that's a good sign. Mm. Yeah. So somehow a revival of, you know, normal physical meetings yeah. with people. Normal physical meetings and, uh, mm. you know, back to nature in the kind of a Thoreauian way and, and uh, you know, reconnecting with the real stuff, you know, real, mm. with real people and with the physical world. I think you, I mean, me myself, um, I spend time, quite a lot of time in, in, in nature. We have a, have a place up north in, in Sweden and there's nothing so comforting as mm -hmm. going up there to the woods, you know, in the mountains uh, and kind of reconnecting both nature and yourself once you've been, mm -hmm. if you had a, you know, 70 hour work week and, and mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And what do you think would be the most important thing for companies to focus on right now? I think companies that haven't yet done so but many companies have is to revisit uh, their values um, their internal culture and and you know their code of conduct and see that they really align what, what uh, with uh, those brands or companies want to you know what, what kind of world they want to contribute to to building and it, it goes back to ethics i would say uh, there's a lot of business leaders and companies that um, I'm going to talk about true change and transformation and, and uh, contributing to making the world better. But they all really need to revisit their values and, and what, what the, the kind of behavioral, uh, how they behave as companies. Uh, and then they need to put the financial means and organizational um, means behind that, you know, whatever they find when they revisit mm -hmm. uh, uh, values and so forth. Then they need to, to put real, you know, money and real, real people behind uh, the change they want to make. And that that's what I unfortunately, unfortunately see quite a lot of, you know, companies or, or business leaders talking about change and, you know, uh, want to do good for the world in terms of uh, whatever it might be, sustainability, I mean, climate change and equality mm -hmm. and so forth, but not putting the, the money behind it or not putting the, the manpower behind it. Mm -hmm. So that would be needed from all companies, I mean, big and small, not, not all about, you know, not, not all the talking about change, but also also acting on change. I mean, words aren't uh, worth uh, <laughs> shit, to be quite honest today. Exactly. Only actions are. Mm. So that I would argue for that uh, all companies should do that. Mm. Somebody told me sometime uh, when I was traveling east uh, that uh, your prayers are your actions. Mm. And that's exactly, mm. if you wish for mm. something, mm. act mm. on it, yeah. right? Yeah, that old Gandhi saying, be the change, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mahatma Gandhi talking about, uh, don't talk about change, but be the change. Uh, it's st still a very beautiful pro proverb. So, uh, so, so yeah. Mm. <laughs> and if we lift ourselves even higher one step and say, what do you think that the world needs most at this time? Again, I think we're so prone to everything that's new, new technology, new, you know, new flavors, uh, new experiences. Um, and I think the world should take some time uh, slowing down, um, revisiting every, all the beauty that already are, not just looking for, for the new all the time, but re-experiencing uh, arts and uh, you know, music and literature and, and all the beauty that we have actually you know, produced uh, for thousands of years. Uh, we're mm. 
all the time we're looking for the new and that's good to some extent we need the new you know to get things right right but we also need to understand that there's so much beauty and so much knowledge that we have in our hands mm. read those old you know books all the all the classics and and uh, you know i think uh, that's a very good way again of reconnecting with uh, what might be universal to all humans you know what, what has always been human and most probably will always be human mm. and if doing that i think we have a much better chance also of uh, understanding ourselves uh, mirroring ourselves in in, in all this um, fantastic knowledge we, we have have access to thanks to new technology we have access to i mean all the knowledge in the world actually um, but that's also i think it's it's a uh, it might be a one of the remedies we need to get things right in the world today, you know, to get a, to make the right, right decisions in terms of uh, sustainability and, uh, and uh, policies and, yeah. So Mos, how was it to be on the podcast? Very therapeutical. <laughs> it's, it's not often you get the, you know, you, you, you get the chance to, to actually, actually, you know, d d dig deep into, inside yourself and, and see what, uh, driving forces you have. So, so I think it's been fantastic. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, you, you need to kind of um, revisit your own values and your own, you know, motives uh, when sitting with you here, Vesna. So it's, <laughs> you're a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm, I really, uh, I mean, the reason why I ended up, you know, starting this podcast was really that I was so intrigued and, and um, kind of excited about understanding what drives people and companies and what they stand for and so on. And it's not so very obvious. Uh, so if you don't ask these questions, you don't get to know yeah, it. And, right. and, I, and I figured if, I, if I'm curious, maybe somebody else is mm -hmm. too. Okay, but thank you so much, Mons. And uh, for those of you listening, uh, to find out more about Mons and his work, uh, you can head to kurpahosk.com, K-U-R-P-P-A hosk.com and also follow him on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. So thank you all for listening and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you.